remember who did it last time, but <laughs> I can start it off. Sure. Welcome back to What They Don't Ask. I'm Daniel. And I'm Allie. And this is our holiday special. Yeah. Um, so put your Santa hats on. Uh, <laughs> force the holiday <laughs> cheer. <laughs> Just kidding. The opposite of that. <laughs> um, I, I do want to, before this episode starts, disclaim that because of where Daniel and I come from in the world, we refer mostly to Christmas and Thanksgiving as our holidays this season. Yes. And we want yes. to acknowledge that there are many, many, many other uh, celebrations that occur in the next few months. And so please, please insert yours. Our guest today is Rachel Coons, and she is a, a moderator uh, at CSC Pasadena, which is which stands for Cancer Support Community Pasadena. Um, and she is a, a moderator in, um, uh, or I, I think maybe the word they use is facilitator uh, for uh, the bereavement group and other uh, support groups uh, at that program in Pasadena. And that's uh, after my mom died from cancer, um, that's where I went for my bereavement group was at CSC Pasadena. And Rachel joined in as a, a co-facilitator, um, maybe about two thirds into, uh, into me being there. And she was just an incredible facilitator and so kind and so sweet and uh, extremely thoughtful and an incredible memory. Hmm. Uh, and so she, she just made you feel very special. Like you were very much a part of that group. She definitely brings that presence to this conversation. You can just tell from talking with her. I could tell right away from talking with her that she's an incredibly kind and thoughtful and professional uh, mm. support person. Mm -hmm. She's a licensed therapist and the conversation that we have with her uh, centers on how we can move through the holidays. Uh, I don't know if better is the word, but maybe a little more equipped for all of the highs and lows that come with experiencing milestones without your loved one. It's also a really good episode uh, for support people to listen to. If you're a support person who loves someone who is grieving, we hope that this gives you some tools to head into the holiday season with them with a, maybe a, um, a little more clarity about how to best be with them and offer uh, kindness and care. Exactly. And without further ado, uh, here we go. There was a very good dynamic between you and the other moderator because she was a little more intense and more like, all right, we're going to get some stuff out of you and, and make you talk about some stuff. And you were kind of a, a more calming nature there which I just thought it was a very good dynamic between you two. Yeah, and, that's uh, good. Yeah. It's good yin and yang, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah, well, I, I so appreciated co-facilitating that group. And, um, you know, I've served in a lot of capacities at Cancer Support Community and facilitating groups is one of those capacities. But I think it's the most special um, capacity that I've been able to serve. Wow. 
Rachel, yeah. can you tell us a little bit of how you got involved with the cancer support that you work with? Yeah, so I'm a licensed therapist and kind of in part of the journey of licensure, you need to accrue clinical hours. And cancer support community was listed as one of those sites where you could accrue clinical hours. And there was just this innate inherent draw to CSCP and it's mm. really, I think, kind of tied in with our conversation today. Death is an inevitability in our lives, but as you both know, it's a stigmatized conversation in our corner of the world. And right. so what CSCP kind of promised, you know, in just the nature of the work that it does, is leaning in, into that inevitability that's so often not discussed. Um, so I was immediately drawn to it. This was in, I guess, um, 20, 2014. And I've been there ever since in a lot of different wow. roles, like I said. So very cool. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. Um, we're hoping to dive into discussing what it looks like to grieve through the holidays. Um, and I'm just curious, like what pops into your mind right away when we talk about grieving in the holidays? So much. Um, I think first off, the holidays are often characterized with this over-the-top joy, materialism, peace, togetherness, mm -hmm. hope, all of those things. I mean, it's like cotton candy, sugar high happiness, right? Yeah. Um, navigating through grief, you may be feeling a lot more complex feelings, not just that one note of joy around the right. holidays. And so that in and of itself can be really difficult. I'm experiencing sadness, ambiguity, hopelessness, hmm. a degree of peace maybe, and everybody else is experiencing something different. That can be really hard right. to exist in. And it, I think it can feel really isolating, right? Everyone is in this club that I'm not, essentially. Yeah. Mm -hmm. can feel really isolating. Mm -hmm. um, also, I think for a lot of us, holidays hold memories, traditions, right? something we do every single year with family members. And a lot of times when experiencing loss, grief, a person who is an inherent part of some of those traditions isn't there. The traditions are completely yeah. different or lost in some way. Um, yeah. I think also like the holidays and like any important date, right? Anniversaries, birthdays, graduations, other just kind of mile markers can represent time passing. Yeah. This is mm -hmm. your one mm -hmm. yes. without mom. Absolutely. This is your five without dad, right? Whatever yep. year yep. it may be. And I think that can also make the grief more profound. Um, yeah. And then one, like, this is kind of a practical thing. And it may sound superficial, but it's not, is that there can be kind of material implications too. Like if if someone died that is the breadwinner of the family or is contributing mm. financially, like think about yeah. it, right? Maybe not having Absolutely. the presence that you're used to, not having the meals that right. you're used to, not right. having the events that you're used to. Sure, they're material things, but it really ties into those mm -hmm. traditions that are really meaningful to us. And it's yet kind of another loss on top of, you know, the loss of a loved one. Yeah. Um, so those 
those stand out to me, but I'm, I know there's so many more. Um, I don't know if yeah. you guys relate, relate to any of those, if, totally. if there's more that come to mind. Yeah, I think as you were talking, Rachel, about like how the um, sort of like singular tone of like joy and merriment of the holidays, I, I think there's um, as a grieving person, something I experienced through the holidays was a sense of pressure to perform. Mm -hmm. A sense of. Is that my oh right. <laughs> my husband just brought me tea. Thank you so much. Party crasher. Hey Ryan. <laughs> this will give you some plosives to uh, to strike Daniel. <laughs> was I doing this? Cool, great. Um, but I think uh, through the holidays, I've I felt uh, especially the first few, especially the firsts, pressure to perform to show a happy face mm -hmm. even within sure. my family even within you know on my um my dad and all of that family that has strong tradition together um my parents were always the hosts of christmas mm -hmm. and it was always this huge gathering at my house um and so that first year it was obviously very different my mom didn't host um but there's this strength of tradition uh, where even my family like didn't know how to readjust, you know, and it just it, everybody there was this sense of like we want to continue as normal, but I didn't feel normal, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah. And it's so interesting that with with family, I guess. I, I would have expected before the loss to be able to really grieve with those people right. at, mm -hmm. at, the, at the holidays mm -hmm. or during the holidays and really feel it with them. But it, it was actually the first probably four or five years, it, it was uncomfortable mm -hmm. to be with family and like you're like you said especially if they are an uh, integral part of, of right. the holidays um it, it was really uncomfortable to be around family for for a good while during that time and because it was hard to talk about it and i think in, in our bereavement group we we discussed that pretty often how um it was family was not the place that you go to to discuss that stuff in in the beginning mm -hmm. and yeah. now now it looks a lot different mm -hmm. with my family but um but those first years it was it was hard and i felt very alone mm -hmm. even with my family who was right. probably experiencing similar emotions but we we didn't really discuss it yeah it's sure. the it's the effect of the elephant in the room where everybody sure. except the elephant yep. sitting on everybody's chest you know it's just like, <laughs> just right, this incredible right. weight on everybody and everybody's looking around like who's gonna say something am i gonna say something what should i say is it gonna be enough how if i say yeah. it am i gonna break down if i break down are people gonna stare at me what's gonna happen and it's it right. makes it all very right. tense and i think um i don't know i think one of the joys of the holiday season is expectation and anticipation. Mm. Um, and I think where grief found like was most profound for me, 
I found myself in a space of dread <laughs> where it was mm-hmm. like anticipation, mm-hmm. negative anticipation of like, right. instead of leading up to a big event that was going to be awesome and amazing and fun and the embodiment of every childhood joy and dream, you know, which is sort of, I guess, more of a Christmas than Thanksgiving feeling. But um, yeah, just like leading up to that that day with dread of just in that dread almost being worse than the day itself mm. yeah and and that anticipation i just uh i remember just feeling um the, those first few years of we why are we starting there's something's missing here i, I it never felt like the day or the holiday that we were celebrating was officially starting because my mom wasn't there and it always felt like okay when when is when does thanksgiving actually start when does christmas actually start i i I just remember having that anticipatory feeling in me throughout the whole day because Mm -hmm. i was waiting for my mom to show up essentially yeah but um back to you rachel um what when when somebody is going through all all of these emotions what are some things that pop in your brain right away of how how to kind of approach those feelings and 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 i, I don't want to use the word deal with them i don't i don't think that's the, mm-hmm. the correct word but cope kind of huh cope how can we cope yeah cope yeah cope in that time Well, what I'm hearing is a lot of kind of inner conflict, right? Like, and almost this paradox yearning for these traditions because they're important and they're significant, they're meaningful, they're comforting. They feel like family. Mm. But at the same time, a deep awareness that those traditions cannot be the same. Right. Because that person is not there, right? Mm -hmm. So it, it, it's almost these seemingly conflicting feelings and a lot of just expectations to maintain tradition, but then just this anticipation that it's not going to be the same. Mm. And I guess what I would encourage, and by all means, I agree with you, Daniel, this is not a way to deal with or to fix or to make better. Right, right. But to accept, mm-hmm. to accept that, the traditions won't be the same to accept that you may have moments of joy and you may have moments of sadness. And I realize acceptance is so much easier said than done. And maybe that's not even the right word, but just maybe self-compassion sure. and allowing yourself to feel what you need to feel, mm. right. whether that's comfort in the traditions or utmost grief, that it's not the same. Yeah. In the anticipation, there's almost like this labeling of what the experience is going to be like. Mm-hmm. I just know yep. that on Christmas, right. I'm going to be devastated. Right. Right. Or right. I just expect myself to be happy mm-hmm. on Thanksgiving dinner because it's joyous, right? Like this anticipation is, I don't know, just kind of ripe with expectations. And I think a piece of the self-compassion acceptance piece is saying I will allow myself mm. to feel whatever I feel mm. in that moment. Right. Kind of right. a curiosity rather than like 
naming what you anticipate ahead of time. Like who knows? Yeah. yeah. The day is probably yeah. going to be a mix. Hmm. Yeah. That's yep. kind. Um, yeah. Do you have... Just being... Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Daniel. I uh, I was just going to piggyback and, and say, yeah, just being being gentle with yourself. And I, I remember <laughs> feeling very guilty through those mm-hmm. times because I, I am the the feeler in my family or I kind of wear my heart on my sleeve. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it, and it was, it, if anyone who's listening to this that feels guilty for any and every emotion that they're feeling, uh, yeah, just try to be so kind to yourself and, and just accept, yeah. Like Rachel said, accept it. Accept that mm. that you you may not know what you're gonna feel yeah. in that time, and then yeah. I think it's hard to have a an emotion that contrasts so starkly with and the exterior world that you're in. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep. when you're mm-hmm. surrounded by lights mm-hmm. and presents and decoration and people who have you know spent months preparing for this event that is supposed to is supposed to be x and you know you're not that do you have rachel um this may be putting you on the spot a little but (laughs) do you have any recommendations for people who may be heading into the holidays hearing things that are super unhelpful pressure from Mm -hmm. like actual Mm -hmm. actual Mm -hmm. out loud pressure from people to your you know your your person would want you to be happy today. Like they would want you to, they would want you to come to Christmas. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. do you have any suggestions for boundary setting or perhaps like scripting that is simple and concise? Yeah. Yeah. Such a good question. Um, And I first want to acknowledge that's a lot of emotional labor because you're navigating the grief And then perhaps people are bringing it up or intending to be helpful in a very unhelpful way. And then you're responsible for setting the boundary and almost managing whatever their response is to that boundary. So it's a lot of emotional labor. Um, I think there's a couple of things. And I think this also, I I mean, this really depends on your relationship with the person, the dynamic of the setting that you're in, right? Is this a close loved one or is this a distant cousin, right? right? I, I think it, it can be totally. very different depending on the dynamic of the relationship. Um, so not all these suggestions will be appropriate for every relationship. Um, but a couple of thoughts. Um, first, I think a lot of times around the holidays, our, our families will have like email threads about plans, right? Mm. Here's the mm-hmm. day we're meeting, who's going to bring what? Yeah. And that might be a forum to kind of proactively set a boundary. So excited to see everybody. I don't know how I'm going to be feeling this year. I would ask that you don't bring it up. Wait for me to bring it up if I want to talk about it. Mm. So kind of proactively setting a boundary if you don't want to talk about it to everyone. Giving yourself the power to bring it up. And then you're setting the boundary proactively. Mm. Mm. That may not be appropriate for all situations. Um, a second thought is kind of boundary setting in the moment. And I, I liked 
how you used kind of the word scripting, Ali, because I think developing a script ahead of time kind of removes some of the emotional labor, right? right. If I encounter this scenario, here's exactly what I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. So if you're triggered in the moment, then you don't need you know, to feel your feelings and think about what you're going to say. You can just kind of pull up a script from mm. the archives. Um, and I think a gentle way to set a boundary is to kind of utilize um, kind of the wisdom of the compliment sandwich, if you guys are familiar. So, you know, that's when you're giving critical feedback or setting a boundary to sandwich it between two kind of softer statements. Um, You want the boundary to be clear. We don't want to, you know, euphemize it or, you know, or be unclear, um, obscured in some way by softer comments but it can just be a helpful, gentle way to communicate a boundary. So what that may look like is, thank you for your concern and compassion in bringing this up to me. I don't want to talk about this right now. Your presence means a lot to me. So Mm. I started with, you know, kind of a, a thank you, right, for bringing this up and your concern, kind of attending to their intention. Of course, the impact is incredibly hurtful their intention was to be supportive. And I followed it by a clear boundary. I don't want to talk about this right now. Um, And then followed with your presence is enough. So kind of giving them a prompt for how they can be supportive. Mm. Um, And then I think like the final thing is to have a buddy. And this removes some of the emotional labor for you. And what I mean by that is kind of like having... And having a discussion with somebody you're really close to ahead of time, maybe it's, you know, a cousin that you're really close to to say, you know, hey, I know people are going to bring this up and some may, you know, I may feel more comfortable with some rather than others. Others may really stumble in trying to be supportive. I don't want to talk about it with everyone. Mm. So with that buddy, um, coming up with like a word or a signal to show that you need help. So Sure. If I'm, if I'm having a conversation with somebody that I don't want to be having, having a signal of, you know, tapping my thigh a few times, pretty, um, you know, innocuous. You can't really tell that it's a signal. <laughs> and what that will do is signal, you know, to my cousin or whoever it is um, that they need to say, hey, Rachel, I need help in the kitchen right now. Mm. Um, pulling mm. me away from that conversation. Um, also, a buddy might be kind of a, um, you know, like almost the intermediary or communicator for you. So if you tell your buddy, here's what I need and don't need, Mm. you know, I need Mm. presence. I need a listening ear. I need, um, you know, understanding and, and me feeling whatever I need to feel. I don't need suggestions. I don't need, Mm. here's how you fix it or here's how it will get better. Just telling it to that safe buddy and then they can be the one to communicate that to loved ones so that you're not carrying the emotional labor of educating Mm. on how to grieve. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Mm. Seems so kind. Yeah. That's, that's all really, yeah, that's all very helpful and, and, stuff that yeah i wish i maybe would have planned for in Mm -hmm. in the early early stages Mm -hmm. and um i guess on on the the flip side of that um if 
someone maybe doesn't have a chance to create the buddy system um, Mm -hmm. or maybe doesn't have someone to do that with and um but they're in a setting like that and maybe they do want to discuss it and they don't know how to how to bring it up with Mm -hmm. whoever they're wanting to talk with about it maybe there's someone there that they've always felt a close close connection with but maybe they don't have their email or their phone number and um and weren't able to kind of plan ahead about this or even maybe they're in the moment and they want to all of a sudden feel like they want to talk about it um do you have any tips for how to bring that up if someone feels uncomfortable about bringing it up yeah yeah and first i may i know this is kind of contrasted to what i said before which is you know like how to get out of conversations that you don't want to have. Right. But yeah. Something that I do, I do want to say is I, I hope that support people are listening right now. And I really want to encourage support people to not avoid yes. bringing this up unless expressly told not to, unless you receive that sure. email that says, <laughs> I don't want to talk about yes. it. Do bring it up because I, what I hear so often um, in the patient groups I facilitated, in bereavement groups I facilitated, in caregiver groups I facilitated, is that sometimes support people say, well, I don't want to bring it up because I don't want to remind them mm. of the grief. Right. And I'm here, to, I'm here to tell you you're not reminding them. It's on their mind. Oh, yeah. Right. Right. And so I know I'm not necessarily answering your question directly, Daniel, but I first want to say to support people, please don't avoid bringing it up. Um, Sure. Yeah. And bringing it up does not need to be profound. It can be a simple check-in. It can be, I don't have the right words to say. I just want you to know that I'm here for you and Mm. we can talk about it if you want to. And please let me know if you need anything. It can be as simple as that. Yeah. Oh, you're going to make but, me cry, but I know, Rachel. me too. But, oh my gosh, that's so <laughs> sweet. I think like I, I did have in my in my experiences with my family a few times where someone would just say something so simple and it was just like, man, I miss your dad today. Mm-hmm. Like I had a cousin who would always just kind of be like, man, I miss him today. And it was like uh. enough. It was simple. It was sweet. It didn't require a lot from me. It gave me space for sadness. Um, but it didn't require me to verbalize anything. You know, I think like when there's a shared experience of grief, it really can be just as simple as like, man, I feel this way. And there was an expectation in that of like, me to comfort them it was more of just like a man an acknowledgement that like this is sad and there's an emptiness today and I think like I really like your scripting model because I think you can you know if your situation isn't that you want out of a conversation which it may be but I think sometimes too it's like people can say the wrong thing and and like be like, oh my goodness, are you having so much fun today? Like even something mm-hmm. as innocuous as that, like maybe you're out doing something fun and it's like, isn't this amazing? And 
you know, that that can be a moment that sends you into a place of isolation because you're so unseen. Um, And, you know, you don't. I think there's like (laughs) in the vein of um, self-compassion, like it doesn't have to be your burden to make yourself seen in that moment. But like that scripting Mm -hmm. model can be nice of like, oh, man, I I know you're trying to say a, a kind thing, but right now I actually feel sad and this pressure doesn't feel helpful, but I'm glad we're here together. Mm. You know, like that scripting is, can be, you can put anything in the sandwich that you need to, because Mm -hmm. those, you can't exactly plan exactly what the horrible thing someone might say that makes you feel horrible. (laughs) And maybe it's not horrible. It just makes you feel horrible. Um, It's kind of impossible to plan it, but like having a context of like, Hmm. I don't have to be unseen right now. And that can be um, a kindness to yourself and a way to advocate. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't need to be your burden yeah. to educate on on how to support a, a, you know, somebody who's grieving. I think in that moment, you probably just want to get away, right? And go to yeah. a support mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. feels more right to you. And that's, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's other venues for educating. Maybe your buddy is that educator. Um, Maybe it's a conversation that occurs at another time, but it is not your burden to educate. But yeah, I mean, Ali, love what you said around just kind of a statement rather than a question. Um, You know, how are you doing is a check-in, but it's a loaded check-in. And sometimes Mm. I think statements statements can be more supportive. I'm here for you. Mm -hmm. Let me know if you want to talk. Yeah, and I think... um, I think relational context plays a big role in is a check inappropriate Mm -hmm. because I really did want a lot of the time I wanted my best friend. I wanted my close cousin. I wanted, I wanted someone to check in on me, you know, and that, um, and to be given an opportunity, you know, with knowing that like, maybe I don't want to, maybe I don't want to burst into tears, but at least I had the chance. (laughs) Um, you know, if like, if, if you're a support person and you're listening, take your relational context into consideration because if this person isn't someone that you've had a deep conversation with frequently about their grief, a family gathering isn't the place to start. Mm. Such a good point. And I think like being attuned to the moment too, right? Like if I I don't know. You're laughing in a group playing cards against humanity. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to go up to you and talk <laughs> right. about this, right? Mm-hmm. So Sure. And I and I realize that sometimes, especially at these gatherings, like masking can occur mm-hmm. where you are laughing but you're feeling despair. So I do want to acknowledge that piece. But yeah, pay attention to the context. Be attuned to the moment. Mm-hmm. Know your relational status, right? Such good points. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, and tone and how you how you ask are actually i like uh, me and ali have talked about this pretty often um uh using the the specificity of of time Mm -hmm. the the yeah the how are you doing today and Mm -hmm. um and and how and your your tone yeah the uh the not hey how you doing today right. <laughs> versus, Hey, how are you doing today? And 
Yeah, I think, the, the, yeah, we just, love that. That like, my mom actually gave that advice to me that she got mm. from her support group of how just like a slight tweak from the standard of like cultural interaction that we, you know, how are you doing? It's like, how are you? Is, is a standard greeting. It's not actually a question. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. when you add like a little bit of nuance, like how are you today? It sets, it, it's a really, it's a really soft way to give a person an, an in and an out in one because they, if they don't want to engage, that can be a yes. way to say, I'm okay. Mm-hmm. And to lie yep. <laughs> or to, yep. to shield. And it can be an invitation if they want it to be like, yep. you know what? Wow. Yeah. I'm today. I feel, I'm feeling a lot. I feel overwhelmed. I don't know how to be in this moment or whatever it is that they're feeling. Um, but like those adjustments can be really small and really subtle and make a, a massive difference. Um, we have just a few minutes left and I don't have a pro zoom account. So this will cut off in (laughs) two minutes and 34 seconds as my countdown is letting me know. And if we cut off, Mm. I will just, we can just all go back into the zoom link. Um, but as we end our time together, Rachel, is there anything that you would like to, any encouragement that you'd like to give to people grieving in the holidays? I think just going back to the self-compassion piece, allowing yourself to feel whatever you're feeling with non-judgment, allowing yourself, and this is also a word to support people, allowing yourself to sit in silence. There's culturally and around this time of year, I think this urgency to fill space to go and do. Mm. And silence can be really profound. Stillness can be really profound. Silence Mm. and stillness are often very full. Um, So both to people who are grieving as well as support people, allow there to be solidarity and silence. Don't feel the need to make it right or make it better. I think often in conversations of grief, sometimes the griever feels compelled to make it better by saying, but I'll I'll be okay in time, Mm. making it better for Mm. everyone. And sometimes support people feel compelled to say things like you both have mentioned, right? Well, just think of memories of them and you'll feel better. Mm. I think be, be okay with letting it not be okay. Be okay with sitting in solidarity and pain in the fullness of silence. Um, And I guess just in a more global sense, I know this is probably true of both of you. I'm thinking of you. I, I, you know, I just facilitated my support group last night and I'm thinking about them on Thanksgiving. And I know that not everybody has access to a support system that feels truly supportive, but know that you are being thought of. Mm. That felt like a good place to end. Daniel, did you want to ask Rachel any final questions? No, we we hit all my questions, I think. I mean, it, they maybe weren't... Not um, word for word, but 
and, not word and for word. Theme and, and, I, and, and. I guess I, I do have um, one more question. Um, it, it, even if, it, if it's not with a family member or family members or a, a group thing, um, or maybe it could be a, a group thing. Um, do you have any suggestions on how to memorialize the mm-hmm. people that, that we've lost uh, in during the holidays because they just feel so huge? Yeah, and I think like these ways of memorializing are inviting their presence, are a way of making meaning, right? And I think maybe a good place to start is thinking about traditions that they were always a part of and can those be continued in some way, right? Maybe it's you made cookies every season Mm. with mom, right? And continuing that. Mm. I think there's also other ways of inviting their presence, right? Like making their favorite food and enjoying it or, you know, playing their favorite Christmas carol or just sharing memories around the table. Um, And then there's some, I think like cultural and religious traditions even that could be integrated. Like, um, you know, I'm Jewish and we have something called Yard Site, which is acknowledging the person's anniversary of their death according to the Mm. Hebrew calendar and you burn a candle you burn a candle for 24 hours it's called a yard site candle and Mm. I don't know that this is traditional by any means but um my family always lights a candle and shares a memory with each other about the person Mm. and then the candle burns for 24 hours so you you walk through the room and it's just kind of a reminder Mm. um and so I think and that's beautiful. You know, there's a lot of ways. There's a lot of ways, but maybe, you know, just appealing to things that have already been traditions or inviting their sure. presence through things that they loved. Um one final thought. I I know that like gravesites hold a lot of significance for some folks and maybe bringing a gift to the mm. gravesite. Mm. Are there ways that you guys have Develop traditions or honor traditions. Oh man, um, I feel like over the holidays because now I, I'm I'm married now and I kind of split holidays between the families, in laws, and my other my my family. Um, this will be my fifth Christmas without dad, or fourth? Is it fourth or fifth? Um, I haven't, there's, I don't think there's anything that I can name well, Thanksgiving or Christmas that I've established as a tradition to honor dad. There's a lot of, I think, factors that go into that. Um, I live 1500 miles away from family. And so Mm. it's often kind of like just on, on me, on my own to figure out a way to honor a milestone like when on my dad's death anniversary I usually go to the ocean with my son and I like tell him a memory like on the Mm. on the beach you know Mm. and obviously that started he was like an infant he had no idea um but for the holidays yeah I I think I just sort of I don't know I think I go into a dissociative place and I let the day Mm -hmm. I let the day Mm -hmm. go by kind of and I try not to (laughs) 
I try, I try not to let the meaning overwhelm me. And this goes right back to the pressure expectation mm-hmm. piece and the self-compassion mm-hmm. piece. It's okay not right. to. Yeah. It's okay right. not to. Right. Right. What about you, Daniel? Yeah. The, the one thing that pops into my brain, I feel like we never really had a, something that would be called a tradition. And, um, I, I mean, I guess this was, this was ours and, and every year, um, my mom for decorating the tree, she would sit on the couch and put all the little hooks on the ornaments. Mm. And, um, I, and she, she just kept all the ornaments we had ever made or got <laughs> as kids. And so it's just, uh, I, I don't know. I, this, our home, mm-hmm. our hometown feels, uh, very honky tonk and so it's, <laughs> it's you know it's not this fancy christmas tree it's just all these mm-hmm. yeah all these odd ornaments but it's so sweet and cool and and we still do that so mm-hmm. and that feels mm-hmm. like a very special time to the whole family gets together we go decorate our tree that we got with all these random ornaments and um <laughs> That that feels uh, that feels very special, and I'm and something that I'm glad that we that we keep doing. Hmm. So, and I love that because like simplicities are the stuff of life, right? Mm. Like these little nuances, these little memories. It wasn't anything profound or extravagant, but that nuance, that simple memory, I love that. Right. that carries meaning for you. Yeah. Hmm. Uh. I did also just want to say, um, you know, Daniel, I know, has spoken about his experience in a bereavement group at CSCP. And I do want to just extend to everybody, you know, we were talking a lot about isolation around the holidays. Mm. Um, and whoever's listening, we have 50 locations across the country. Mm. All resources are free. All sites, to my knowledge, have a bereavement group. So, if you would like to get involved, um, you know, just in a support community, sit in solidarity with people who are experiencing something similar. Um, just Google cancer support community and you'll be able to find a location close to you, especially at least via Zoom. Hmm. Thank you for that. That's an excellent yes. resource. Yeah. And and those of you who are dealing with grief through the holidays um, and and it doesn't involve cancer, uh, please feel free to reach out to us. We we put out our our we've said our Instagram um, in the past episodes. Um, Allie, I feel like you're the one who normally <laughs> says those because you say it so well. You can so. find us. Reach out to us uh, on our Instagram. It is what they don't ask with a period between each word, or you can email us at wtda podcast at gmail.com uh we'd love to be a support to you all right uh rachel are there any last thoughts i think we i think we had that question already but (laughs) no just thank you both for having this space Mm. this is rare Mm. that 
we lean into these conversations in our corner of the world. Um, I think even this way, this, this podcast is a way of honoring your mom, Daniel, and your dad, Allie. And I just appreciate being here for a piece of it. Thank you so Mm. much for being with us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah. Thank you, Rachel. That, That was awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. That was solid. I can't wait to release that. That was really good. I was like right. tearing um, up so much. Yeah. Oh my, oh my gosh. God. Me too. Ah! Yeah. That was very, I was very shocked. sweet. I was shocked yeah. at how like ready the tears came to my eyes because I am not, mm. I'm not in like a, a frequent qu- crying place with grief right now. Mm. So that actually felt very sweet. Mm. Yeah. That was very sweet. Yeah, I'm I'm feeling any time that I can get just I don't know, a little tiny cry. I Yeah, it's so nice. I just feel yeah, I just feel so much more at peace. Yeah. Um and that that conversation, I mean, I guess we're doing the outro right now. Yeah, that, we are. That conversation just um it kind of ignited the holiday spirit in me a little yeah, bit totally I, yeah uh, it felt it felt like a a holiday movie yeah I, <laughs> yeah yeah that was wild yeah how are you feeling i feel i feel very like i don't know I'm kind of out of the emotion now I'm thinking mm. about transitioning back to being mom. I oh, the context yeah. of my day is that I have a sick child, <laughs> and he's oh. uh, he's being bribed with screen t- screen time right now. No, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. but yeah, um, um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe we can do mm. another outro. There was something that I had, no, there was something if, that I had thought about while we were talking that I wanted to say in the outro and I totally forgotten it, but oh well. It'll come back to me at three AM with a jolt and I'll be so sad <laughs> <laughs> that it didn't make it in, but oh well. <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Oh. Just be this is a good opportunity to be gentle with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yep. 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 Hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, Rachel, thank you so much. If you're listening. Yes. Thank uh, you this so outro. much. Um, that was, that was really incredible. And mm. I'm sure all the advice that you gave is very appreciated. By all the I thought of listening. it. I thought of yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> here it is. Come on, Ellie. Oh, okay. Uh, I have I have this friend. Her name is Susanna Storms, and um, she Susanna Storm. Oh my gosh, singular. Um, she is a licensed therapist as well, and also one of my very dear friends from college. We lived together for two years, 
anyway, she's a dear friend mm. and she lost her dad when she was 16 and was one of oh, my wow. like dear support people who gave mm. me lots of advice, uh, moving through holidays, moving through milestones and also just like personally with like dynamics and family. But, um, one of the best pieces of advice that she gave to me was to plan your exit and plan a, have a plan B. Sure. And yep. so I guess I would say if you're headed into big gatherings or, um, you know, whatever festivity that you may find yourself in, um, I would recommend being in control of your own transportation, having mm. put maybe someone who can drive you if you're crying too hard to drive or at least a, a safe, quiet place to be if you need to cry. Um, mm -hmm. And if the gathering or the way that the celebration is happening doesn't feel right, have a plan B. Maybe your plan B is to go home with some fresh baked cookies and watch a movie curled up in a blanket. Maybe your plan B is to go be by yourself at home or in your hotel room if you're traveling. Um, but if at all possible, have a secondary option and give yourself the permission to leave if you need to. I think that kind of goes along with Rachel's advice of honoring the space of stillness and quiet being an important part of the holidays when you're grieving, giving yourself space. Yep. But don't, don't force yourself through something that just doesn't feel right. This was, this was sweet. Yeah, this was sweet. And thank you to everyone um, that continues to listen to this podcast. It really, it means a lot to us. A very mixed emotion holiday, holiday season to all of you. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, so get out there and feel all the emotions if you want to. <laughs> Cheers, everybody. You were listening to What They Don't Ask. Thanks for listening. <laughs>